What's up, everybody? Hey, I'm Johnny Morton, and you're on the No Regrets Marriage Podcast, and we are glad that you're joining us today. I'm joined today by my wife. Carla. Speak. Did yeah. you did you like have a pause because you couldn't Same remember? Same wife. No, I was letting you call Jump your own name. In. Gotcha. I did not want to dominate the talking. Oh, just on my name. Okay. Yeah. Say my name. Say my name. No, let's not sing. Go okay. ahead. That's right. This is not a singing podcast, a which I'm sure podcast. you're okay. Um, today, what we're going to talk about is something that really can cause a lot of conflict in marriage, and that's differences in each other. But that really what we want to learn to do is how do we leverage our differences when it comes to personality and temperament and spiritual gifts and everything else? Um, this is something we did extremely Poorly. poorly. So let's, yeah, let's backtrack. And, and some of you, if you've listened to some of the beginning podcast, then uh, you might remember some of these things, but I think it's worth recapping real quick for what we're going to be talking about today. So Carla, since it was probably you who was more focused on changing me, why don't you Share well, a little I, bit about that I go story. ahead and admit my faults. Um, I didn't say well, that. Well, one of the things that I find interesting, and this this is kind of out there when you read, study about marriage, which we obviously do a lot, um, and this is even in the secular world and in the spiritual Christian world, is the idea that many more women have a sense of, I'm going to marry this man but then the things that I might not quite like, I'm going to work on changing afterwards, which is interesting because generally, I'm not saying ever, but most men do not sort of have that mindset. Like they don't, the woman they pick to marry, they don't end up thinking, now, you know, she's this, this, and this, but after we get married, I'm going to make her be these other things. But well, women you- are kind of, we lean toward doing that. Well, I think it's just, I think it's somewhat connected to, you know, what we call the mothering instinct, that nurturing nature that a lot of women have that, you know, you're going to take almost like you do with children and you're going to grow them up to be what you want, want them, them to be. be. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. And, and it, I think you sort of sometimes take that same mindset with your husbands. I know that you probably yes did. and mine was not mine was not nurturing um it was meant to change you <laughs> it was meant to whip me into shape and whip you into shape and what's interesting is the things we laughed about it sort of sadly but the things that attracted me to you were because you were so different than i was you were true. different than anyone i had dated before you true and i found your novelty very interesting, right? Novelty. Is that not a good word? I, I, I guess so. I'm not sure. It depends on the nature you're using, but we will take that okay. as a compliment. The novelty of you being very different, unique, and your your set of gifts, I guess you'd say, were so different than mine. And I found that very attractive in dating. But then it drove you up the wall once we got married. Because the same person or temperament that is carefree, adventuresome, spontaneous, loves just the possibility of 
10 different things at one time makes dating kind of fun. So all of a sudden, it's not like we just go to movie and a dinner. I, I, the listeners don't care. But if I named out our first 10 dates, it would be kind of different date. I mean, it's, it wasn't typical kind of dates for the most part. So I found that really interesting. You would come up with these unusual things. That was cool. That was fun. That was romantic. That was exciting. That same piece, though, in marriage, where it's like, let's when just go do so-and-so. Yeah, let's when it came to sort of the day-to-day living and life is once you sort of settle in and you're working jobs, all of that. Well, like paying the bills, taking out the trash, um, remembering uh, when we had something scheduled, you know, showing up on time for something. You would very likely go, oh, well, I'm supposed to do so-and-so this weekend. I'm be like, well, Johnny, we've already got so-and-so. You would have forgotten it. It just wasn't on your radar. And so you're spontaneous, I carefree. Still do that. You still do that. But you can see how all of a sudden I realized what was really fun in dating was did not cross over to being a strong suit in marriage, in my mind. And so when we've talked about before, we talked about that, that we believe that God didn't create us as opposite sexes, but as complementary sexes. And that in God's design of marriage, it's not often that he takes two people that are exactly the same, that have the same temperament, same personality, same giftedness, all of that, and sticks them together. Most of the time, I think you see, and there's obviously some people are more similar than others. We just happen to be pretty, really, really opposite. Yeah, Yeah. polar opposites in a lot of ways. But God's design is almost like a puzzle that we fit those pieces together so that when you combine the strengths and weaknesses, the, the talents, the gifts, you combine them together, you get something that is so much bigger and stronger than the two individuals, that whole idea of two becoming one. Our problem is instead of trying to blend that and leverage it and take those differences and turn them into something strong, it became a battleground for us. Yes, it really was. And, and I did have to, I do have to own a lot of that responsibility. And one of it I think is I wish, and maybe if somebody had told me, maybe I still wouldn't have gotten it, but I kept thinking, and, and this is pride, this is, this is very sinful, but in my mind, my personality strengths were better. I mean, bottom line, that's what I thought. I don't think I knew to say that, but I'm thinking I'm more organized. I'm more diligent and stuff. I've got it more scheduled. I'm, we're, I'm making it happen, and you're just running around free-floating. And that seemed not right. So when when you've got two temperaments and one of you really see yours as the superior temperament, that's a clash because that means I'm in essence saying to God, you know, the gifts you gave me, the strengths I have, well, they're whoa much better than Johnny's. The problem was I didn't even look for your strengths because all I wanted to do was make your make my strengths be your strengths. And you want to make me like you. Well, and when you think about it, if somebody helped me say, Carla, why do you need two Carlas? You're already this, this, and this. You don't need two of you to be that way. What about if one of you is strong in this area and then the other one is a counterbalance to that? 
what might that look like? But I never had anybody say that. No, and so what ended up happening, instead of us working together as a team and and taking these diverse strengths and temperamental differences and gifted differences and, and molding them together to see how do we make this fit, instead of teamwork, we were adversarial. Yes, we did not. We were not wearing the same jerseys. And I really, I really in my heart of heart, and again, this is a mind thing, and then that affects your behaviors. We talk about a lot what you're, what you're believing is going to drive your behavior. It's going to drive your emotions. And so my belief was my temperament, my strengths were better. And therefore, I just... I was wrong. And so everything, when you looked at me, all you saw was the, the negative. Yeah, the negative, the weaknesses. And the... what and and I was of course obviously blind to the fact that every single temperament, every single one, and it really doesn't matter which one of the tools you want to use. There's everything from the ones that are the choleric and the sanguine. There's there's multiple, there's the dis dis personality temperament and um, I'm saying disc, it right yeah, yeah. I mean yes. there's today is probably more popular is the Enneagrams you've got the color one I mean you've got so many different ones that talk about the way we sort of are our main temperament and then maybe like a, a, a second part of it so nobody's probably one just one type of temperament but every single temperament has strengths and weaknesses and the problem is if we get in our mind that I'm, you know, mine's better, I'm not even going to acknowledge my weaknesses, I'm only just looking at yours, that is just a recipe for fighting. Yeah, and, and let me throw in here, it doesn't excuse, like Carla just said, every temperament, every Enneagram type, however you want to look at this, has weaknesses, especially when they're in an unhealthy place emotionally or spiritually. Yes. And those weaknesses aren't meant to be excuses for really not doing and behaving the way that you need to as an adult and in a relationship. And I think a lot of times people will do that. But like that's I'm not really what this way. Yeah, yeah, that's not so much what we're talking about. You literally, I can remember going to counseling and them asking you what you want. You said, you wanted me to change. Yes. And I think that if I do remember the statement oh. right, that it was what would make you happy. And it was said, if he had a lobotomy. I did say that. That was a stressful moment, but I just could not think what else could have. But it makes for such a good story. I know. I just th I couldn't think what else would help you. But anyway, I just... Gosh, you talk about when you get such tunnel vision and then you just cannot or will not see what the strengths are in the other person. And so you totally miss what can be awesome. Yeah. And, and so what the danger is, the very reason that God allowed you to come together, that two into one, instead of embracing and learning to enjoy and allow that person to flourish in the giftedness they have. At the same time, allowing them to function in their strengths by shoring, shoring up the weaknesses they have. Instead of doing that, you end up battling each other. 
Yeah. And, and almost it's like, you know, we were, we've talked about, and I can't remember, maybe you remember the name of the book you've been reading, but talking about almost so many times, all we focus is on our weaknesses instead of really leveraging, hey, what are we strong at? Yeah. What I'll is that s- natural giftedness and how do we plug that into both of us? Yeah. What I- changed it for you? Okay, well, don't let me forget. Don't let me forget. I have two points I want to make about the strength thing. Okay, well, go ahead and do oh, that, and those. then we'll go back to okay. really where you saw the change. Okay, well, I think one, two things again. The idea that with our um, what generally happens when you think about it is, and you may not consciously do this, but we're probably attracted to someone whose strengths are like a weakness in us. So let's say that you are really an introvert and you really do not enjoy just being out front. You would just die having to make a public speech. You can't stand to be the center of attention. All of those are like, ugh. But what you might find is that person probably is attracted to someone whose strengths are, they are comfortable in front of other people. They are more of an extrovert. They would be comfortable speaking and, you know, in front of a group, that kind of things, because it's like it's we're drawn to that in the other person, even if we don't spell it out. But again, like you said, there's an attraction in it because it's the opposite thing. And what is a weakness in me and is your strength? I'm sort of drawn to that. But then what happens is if we lose sight of that then it ends up being that I focus just on your weaknesses. And I don't acknowledge that, hey, your strengths, though, match up against my weaknesses. And so we really together, like you said, can be so much stronger. So I was going to say, and I think I've lost the second point. Yeah, I was going to say, what's number two? I I was going to say, now I can't think what my second point is about that. Oh, well, you were talking about couples and that most of the time it is the opposite thing. Um, I read not too long ago someone that had literally done counseling for thousands of couples over a couple of decades, and they said that they had hardly ever, ever counseled couples that literally sort of had the same kind of temperament. Now, again, like you said, you may have some that lean a little toward the middle in the sense that they may not be as extreme in some parts well, sometimes, of Sometimes, yeah. when you do the research and look at it, there are some temperaments, even though they're different, they're much more compatible. Yes. You and yes. I happen to be, it, it doesn't matter, everyone we've ever looked at. Taken, yeah. Every yeah, test we're, we've ever taken. Yeah, every, every you know, temperament sort of thing, kind of test we've done, not only are we different, but almost... And all of them are the ones that say this makes one of the more challenging relationships because of the difference. And I'm so glad we signed up for it because that that yes. was smart to do for sure. Um, but anyway, okay. So what was the other thing you want me to tell about what? So here's changed? what we're talking about. Yeah, what changed? How did you change from focusing so much on my weaknesses, and, and then really when we think about, boy, how do we leverage those differences? Mm-hmm. So instead of separating us it's really something that even draws us closer together yeah um and i wish i i maybe could maybe more succinctly or try not to be long-winded about what what happened in my mind and my heart but 
I spent a lot of years, and I've shared this in a number of different ways, I did spend a lot of years trying to make you what I wanted you to be. And what happens in that is you just, you totally lose sight of everything that's good. And all you see is what you're trying to change. And God, and it was such a frustrating place for me for so many years. One, it will not work. You will not, first of all, these are God-given temperaments, inborn pieces. It doesn't mean God, when we're believers, that he doesn't change, sanctify us, um, grow us up in him. But we're not going to be totally different from the way we are made initially. I mean, our temperaments are just not going to change that much. And so I was trying to do something that, one, is impossible. It's not going to happen. Yeah, you're really trying to undo what God had done. You know, God says, scripture tells us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. He knit us together, including our brain and how our temperament works and personalities work. And you're like telling God, you screwed up here. You screwed up here. And even though there were so many things that I loved, 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 I kept focusing on what I not, not, not loved. So God began over a season of time to show me that this was my sin I was the one who was wrong here because what I was doing was like you said, just what you said. And instead of saying, God, let me see his gifts. Let me see his strengths. And when I begin, when God, when I begin, when I confess that and God began to change my heart, I began to start to see you with new eyes. Yeah. And the reality of what it did in me where for years, I was just very defensive about everything, mm-hmm. and I was just refusing. Even if I knew something was a weakness, I just refused to change because well, you're just this. Well, coming at it nag. from such a wrong attitude. Yeah. And as Carla changed, and as God began to change her heart towards me, and really not so much focus on the negative, but focus on the giftedness that God had given me. God used that to really convict areas that were sin that I'd used as excuses before. And mainly just because, you know, it was just in reaction to the way you had initiated your desire to change me. My renovation project. Yeah, your renovation project. So let's think about what are some of the, what are some of the differences and how is God and by way of example and talking to other people, how has God taken our individual strengths and then molded those together? And and that's really what we've seen him do in the past, I guess you would say really the past 15 years, maybe to 20 years. Um, I think, again, like you said, recognizing it. And so it's like, how do we, how do we balance? How do we use the fact that I'm really strong in certain areas, like I'm super great in scheduling and organization and thinking about what we need to do and handling certain things. But you're also the dreamer. You're also the one who comes up with the fun ideas. You're also the one who is willing. Yeah, I'm the creative You're the part. creative part. And instead of me trying to make you be me, like the business part, let you be you. So I now am trying to enjoy the things that you do so well. Yeah, and so often, you know, again, you can almost go back all the way back to preconceived notions. I was talking with someone this morning, and they talked about one of the struggles that they've had in their marriage of about six years is family of origin and how hard it is when your family of origin 
you know, because you seem that's the right way to do things. And so often you come into the marriage thinking, well, I need to be doing this. I need to be doing this. And those aren't your giftedness or strengths. Yeah. And if you can recognize, hey, it's okay. Let's operate in what we're good at doing. Let's operate in our strengths. And when both of you are doing that, that's when it's going to run the most just smoothly and effectively. And and really that you're going to see this whole idea of two becoming one functioning the way that God designed it to be. Um, I, I think it gives each of you the freedom to be yourself instead of constantly trying to be something different. I know for us and where we've learned to mold those together, as you said, you have this incredible discipline, you're organized, you're all the things that I'm not. So it only makes sense. And this is what's sort of crazy. For years, we said we could never work together. Oh, gosh. I said I'd fire you on day two. And so now we love doing this ministry together. And but we operate in what we're good at. Carla organizes my schedule. She's the one who writes down on my calendar. Hey, think and work on these things because either I wouldn't think them or I never remember them or anything else. And it frees me up to focus on those areas that I'm strong, the creative, a lot of the writing and the material, uh, moving towards that. Uh, What's really crazy is the only thing, the one area that we're probably similar in our temperaments is that, and most people don't believe this, we're actually both more introverted. Yeah. And yet we tend to be introverts who love to be out in public and speak (laughs) and do all of this, which sounds sort of crazy, but that's sort of the one thing that we're alike. And yet what we've seen is you've taken each of these skills. I mean, everything from I do most of the cooking now. He's better. Um, you do most of the organizing and scheduling for our family and all of that. You're dependable. You're the one who makes sure that things get done on time. Part of my thing is sort of a perfectionist, which can lead to procrastination And yet it's like the idea of, hey, this isn't ready to be put out yet. It's not to the point where we can. And, you know, and there's still that sense of you pushing me, giving me deadlines. I have to give them deadlines because it would never be perfect. Yeah, because it would never get done. And I need that. And so, you know, that's just one example for us. Yeah, that's one example for us. What are some other things that you can think of? As far as things that we have learned to... Yeah, that we've learned to leverage our strengths, our strengths with each other. Money's a big one. Yeah, money's a big one. And we had a, and we've done some podcasts on this and we'll continue to do more. But money's an area for a lot of couples. And it may be just from the skill set of who's better at organized and, and scheduling the paying of the bills and discipline to do it. Who's better disciplined to put money in savings, to set up a plan, um, those kind of things. But then who also maybe has the heart to see needs and to think of maybe more creative ways that we can do stuff with our money or how can we stretch our dollar further, which is, that's a great example. I really run a lot of the money stuff, but Johnny's the one who figures out how to stretch our dollar further. Yeah. And and I'm not going to spend That's where doing hours, that research on that broom comes in that handy. I'm not going to search for hours on a broom, people. I'm just not. I'm going to the Walmart. I'm picking the broom that seems reasonable and maybe is cheapest, but seems reasonable. Johnny's going to research it. 
But, and I would get so livid in the past, like, this is ridiculous. But I realized that's part of his contribution to our finances by finding the best deal and stretching our money the furthest. Yeah, we're coming, you know, we are marriage coaches. And so I love that illustration of coaching and teamwork because I think it works so well with marriage. And maybe the best illustration is you think of any kind of a team. You think of a football team. Yes, you need a quarterback, but you can't have 11 quarterbacks on the field. You've got to have the big linemen that block. You've got to have the running backs. You've got to have the receiver, a quarterback, and going to be throwing the ball to himself. You need all of the different parts, a variety of strengths and talents that when you get the right coach can put them together and that the whole is going to be so much greater than the individuals. And that's what marriage is supposed to look like. Except instead of a whole team, it's just the two of you and the coach is God putting that together. He gave you your giftedness. He created each of you the way you're supposed to be. However much those differences may drive you crazy, your spouse is not defective. I know. See, that's a great line. It's we, they're, you know, they're not deficiencies. They're not defective. They're differences. And so what we want to learn to do is celebrate those differences, celebrate our strengths, allow those differing strengths to bulk up those areas where we may be weak, we may be challenged, and it can be an impetus to grow in some of those areas. But we've also got to understand that our weaknesses will never rise as much as we work on those to those levels of those strengths. So build up on those strengths that each of you have and figure out how do we mold this in such a way How do we allow God to do that in such a way that it creates this incredible, beautiful picture that marriage is supposed to be? So, um, hey, thanks again for spending time with us. We know your time is valuable and we appreciate it. We would love if you would leave us a comment. You can check out our website and, uh, and get in touch with us there. But we just want to say goodbye, and we just want to encourage you to keep on forging.